Gilbert Gottfried, and I'm here with my co-host, Frank Santopadre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing, colossal obsessions with our special guest, John Vivin Vivin <laughs> <laughs> He gets he gets honorary poems. He gets the ray yeah. the raybone music. Yeah. But he's not disabled in any way. Yet Raybone ray disintegrated. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Our musician in residence, John Fotiatis. Vivin! <laughs> At least your name isn't Cliff Nesteroff. Yeah, right. John is back for part two. John has has very generously done all this wonderful research and come up with his his own premise which I host, <laughs> this, this co-host appreciates greatly. Uh, last week we did, uh, you know, people seem to like the music episodes. People like One Hit Wonders. We love them. They liked, oh, and the death We did one. the death yeah. songs of the 70s, which really took off. People ter- liked them. Terry Jacks. Terry, Terry Jacks, Jacks, Seasons in the Sun. So John is, a, is an architect by day, a very talented musician by night. You know his, uh, his tunes for this podcast, Listener Mail Theme, That's many right. others. Um, the uh, producer of the month theme. I don't want to leave any out. No. And John called me and he said, hey, I got a premise. Uh, Let's do all the Beatles-inspired bands that turned up on 60s TV shows. And there were many, and we did that last week. So now we're going to do part two, uh, which is basically the same premise, but these are actual bands. Right. I think somewhere along the line, these bands said, hey, this premise worked. We should just appear as ourselves. Yes, because they were fictional bands pretty much or, or... in the case of Gilligan's Island, the people who sang the theme exactly. song, people were drafted into the cause to play these bed bugs and yeah. mosquitoes. And I also think that given the fact that they started touring and they were in California and in L.A., it was easier for them to actually get on these shows. So, right. Yeah. So. so the first one you have here is from a Batman episode from season two, my favorite show. Right. Season two, His Honor. The Penguin. Yes. This is ah. The Penguin runs for mayor. <laughs> That's right. The Penguin appears to have gone straight. So Later he, used in the plot of Batman Returns. Right. Strangely enough. Right, right. Uh, what I find funny about this episode is that there's some kind of some kind of provision in the charter of Gotham City that permits felons to run for elective office. <laughs> kind of, where have I heard that one before? And, and, and the mayor, the mayor who's facing certain defeat, his name in this episode is Mayor Lynn Seed. He's in as, every episode. As in oh. It was Mayor Lindsay. Lindsay. He's, he's, he's in a bunch of episodes. I think it's very funny. Yeah. So Paul Revere and the Raiders make an appearance as themselves. Amazing. And in this case, they don't even sing anything. They're at the Penguins fundraiser. I don't know what kind of fundraiser I, this a is. Belly yeah. dancer. With a belly dancer. And they're playing some trippy Middle Eastern music. It's and, weird. Uh, it's, it's wild. It's certifiably weird. Yeah. So I guess that was kind of, must have been around the time the Beatles were getting with the Maharishi. Maybe. Quite yeah, possibly. It's getting trippier. Yeah. The music is definitely getting trippier. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we have another Batman episode coming, so we'll do right. a clip of that one. But Gilbert liked to talk about Chad and Jeremy. Well, this is on the Dick Van Dyke. This show. is one of the classics, right? And this is that classic premise where the the mop top English guys come over. They're known as the Redcoats. That's the name of the oh, band. Okay. <laughs> a, a British rock doer. That's all the craze. Uh, uh, performing on on Alan's show, Alan Brady, right? Sure. So, which causes issues for the show's staff. Uh, they can't keep screaming female fans at bay, so um, they need to hide them out somewhere. And of course, the Petri home is the natural place for them to go. So they uh, they show up and they do a number of uh, musical performances. Which are actually uh, quite fun, and and their banter back and forth is very funny too. Right, and Chad and Jeremy were a British invasion act. They are, and they, their banter is very like very much hard days night banter. You know, that kind of quick witted repartee. 
uh, when they're speaking to Alan Brady's staff. So it's uh, it's quite entertaining. Yeah, you remember that one, don't you? Yes. Yeah. 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 Do you remember when Harry Twizzle came on the <laughs> the uh, the Dick Van Dyke show and introduced the new dance craze, the Twizzle? I remember, <laughs> Does anyone remember that. The word the it was a spoof twi- of of right. Chubby Checker and the and the twist and the peppermint twist. Uh. <laughs> Do the twizzle. Did I dream this or is it an actual Dick Van Dyke episode? Yeah. Uh, February 10th of 65, the Redcoats are coming. Did right. you find that that premise was used repeatedly well, the, of the band that needs to hide out? Not only that, but the other pre- the other half of the premise is that the hosts can't tell anybody. I so see. they have this great yes. this great moral dilemma that they have to deal with. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's very funny. I miss 60s television yeah, me too, so, man. so much. Um Speaking of Chad and Jeremy, they also turn up on a December 66 episode of Batman. Yeah. The Bats Kowtow with the lovely Julie Newmar, who was on Ah, this very show. Right. I might add. What was the premise of this one? As if I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is is the most outlandish one I've heard, where somehow Catwoman, uh, who's involved here, steals the voices of Chad and Jeremy. (laughs) Forcing uh, a blackmail on the British government who somehow can't collect uh, uh, tax revenues on their performances. So she wants a million pounds from the British government and somehow Batman and Robin. To return their voices. Eventually capture them. But what's cool about this episode is that they actually perform in a theatrical setting. And for a uh, a gear geek like myself, they're using all this great '60s gear and guitars and so stuff. So you enjoyed doing this research. I, I really, yeah, you I really got a, I got a chubby on this one. A little, sure. a little bit of trivia from that episode. They appear on the Alan Stevens show, who was played by Steve Allen. <laughs> How funny! Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they played "Teenage Failure," which was one of their, yeah, which was one which of their was songs. A, it's a pretty good song, yeah. actually. Let's hear a little bit of this Batman episode, Frank. They got the screaming girls. Went up to my boss today. I said, hey man, can I have more pay? I said, will you? Please, sir. He took one look at me and then he said, if you ask me that again, I'll kill you. Aren't they great, Alfred? <laughs> well, they, they certainly do sway. Very half Alfred. It's hip, Aunt Harriet. They changed it. Former podcast guest, Bert Ward. <laughs> Oh, God, I want that guitar. Same sort of thing with the birds in this town. I pick them up, they put me down. Still, you can't complain much if I had a fancy car. Here comes Commissioner Gordon. Bruce Wayne. Commissioner Gordon, how nice to hear your voice again. Former podcast guest Adam West. <laughs> Everybody's been on this podcast <laughs> show. <laughs> Do you remember this episode, Gil? Where Catwoman steals their voices? I I remember a voice stealing thing that happened with the monkeys. Really? Yeah. That they, one I they, don't know. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a whole other world to That's another into. world. Actually, yeah. the the monkeys is kind of the culmination of all of this. Yes. Where at some point, somebody finally decides, you know what? Let's just make a show yeah. about a band. <laughs> Let's go for it. <laughs> Let's go for it. Uh, next one up, the Beverly Hillbillies. I yeah. did not know this one. The, you didn't know it because it's so weird and bizarre. Robin Hood and the Sheriff was I, the name of the episode. I, I tried watching this, uh, at least clips of this episode, three or four times. It, it was a total shit show. I couldn't understand what was going on. Jethro is in a Robin Hood outfit. He's well, in a public park. Played by former podcast guest Max Baird. <laughs> <laughs> former podcast guest George Washington. 
Yeah, so so these guys, uh, the Peppermint Trolley Company, that were actually an American kind of sunshiny pop band. They were real? The Peppermint Trolley real. Company, the, Gilbert. Yeah. They had a single called Baby, You Come and Rollin' Cross My Mind. <laughs> also performed on Mannix. Love and, it. And um, they did an arrangement of performance of the Brady Bunch theme. So there you go. Like this weird intertwining The Peppermint stuff. Trolley Company. Exactly. On and the he, Beverly Hillbillies. And here they're just playing in this public park in the background while Jethro is doing his weird Robin Hood uh, yep. stuff. How about a little of this, Frankie? This man needs peace and quiet. <laughs> here they are. There you go. These are all on YouTube. Sounds like Bo Diddley. Sounds like Magic Bus to yeah, me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's that Bo Diddley beat? The laugh track is so obtrusive. I, I just want to get the laugh track. I, <laughs> There's Ellie Mae. That, that little break with the guitar, that was, it seems like that was played no matter what kind of music. No matter what. You yeah. always had that, that structure. So, Whether it was jazz or anything, yeah. it always had that, that beat. This band showed up on Mannix too? That's right. Yeah. The yeah. Peppermint Trolley Company. And speaking of Mannix. Yes. So this is where- Take it, John. <laughs> <laughs> this is where things get a little dark. Uh-huh. Because, you know, Mannix is a detective yeah, show. Sure, yes, sure. Violence. And, and so the Buffalo Springfield, a of real course. band, and, a, and a, a quite important band of the period, appear as the bar band in a Mannix episode uh, called Warning Live Blueberries. I don't know if that's some kind of obtuse drug reference. I'm not really sure. But Mannix is hired by an old friend to find his college-aged daughter who's living in a commune. So, you know, it involves hippies and, you know, Charles Manson-type stuff. And uh, he, he penetrates this community to try to find out what happened to this person. And uh, there's this one scene where you see them playing in the background. You see Stephen Stills and Neil Young with the fringe and the Gretches and the whole yeah. the whole. Bit. I watched the, the clip you sent me. It was yeah. dark. It's By the way, there's a, there's a monkey dancing in this Beverly yeah. Hillbillies yeah. episode. And, <laughs> in a Robin make, Hood outfit. In a Robin Hood outfit, which will make Gilbert happy. And Very Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> He's yeah. dancing He's next to a monkey. Well, well, you should be okay with that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, the monkey, ep- the, excuse me, the monkeys. The, the Mannix episode was disturbing. It really and was. And dark, but it was nice to see the Buffalo Springfield And they're Mannix. singing, and, and they're singing for quite a while. So yeah. they're kind of doing a, uh, a Yardbirds thing in Blow Up, you know, where the Yardbirds are in that film and they appear mm-hmm. as the house and mm-hmm. that's what Buffalo Springfield is doing in this episode. And what about this My Mother the Car episode from uh, this is, 65? November yeah, this 65. is just, I was going really deep. I, this I is mean, a deep cut. This is <laughs> this is why you know this show failed so miserably, because the name of the episode is My Son the Ventriloquist. That's the name oh, of the episode. Geez. <laughs> Season 1, episode 10, and the name of the band is called The Spaths which it turns out was a real garage band out of Garden Grove, California. How did you even find this stuff? Amazing. They, per- they performed on Shindig. They released a couple of albums. Well, they're on Shindig. Including a single called Gator Tails and Monkey Ribs. <laughs> oh, jeez. Had you heard of the Spats, that, that Gilbert? That sounds like Gilbert's so- next book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So- 
<laughs> it could be. He liked the that. sequel to uh, Rubber Balls and Liquor? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I didn't have to mention bestiality. Gilbert, yeah. Gilbert woke up. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, this is a horrible show. And I think like the show and the band, they're both relegated to the ash heap of history. Did I send you a clip for this one, Frank? Or do I have a clip? Or is there the next a, clip? There was a clip here. I don't know if you sent it to I him. I don't know if I gave him that one. Nope, 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 nope. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Uh, so what's the next episode? Well, I've got I've got a few. Sometimes more I didn't use the clips because it was yeah, it was an entire episode yeah, that you right. sent me, that's and I right. didn't want. And I couldn't to. I couldn't find any isolations. That's so, fine. Talk about the flying nun. Flying I'm just, nun. I'm just proud that Gilbert has said nothing of the chimp that was on the screen all that time. I know, I don't... <laughs> we I expected a big there, reaction. Like, bait waiting to be... <laughs> because, because he's normalized simians in clothing, that's why. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, no longer no, an it, issue for him. That was one of the cunnilingus chimps. <laughs> you, ha- you had to say it, didn't yeah. you? You couldn't help yourself. <laughs> And one of the first you clips no he shame. played, one of the guys' outfit in that Beatles-esque band with a hat and the glasses yeah. was like the outfit they wore for the, the Nairobi uh, chimps. The Nairobi oh, right. trio. Nairobi yeah, trio. Can, 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 can you play the Cunnilingus <laughs> chimps music, please? Sure. Throw yeah. the episode completely off the rails. <laughs> we'll, we'll add that in later. Yeah, he'll add it later. <laughs> Tell us about Song of Betrill from The Flying Nun. So this is very funny. They're uh, still pushing this thing. Yeah. Like 68. Unbelievable. Yeah. And the, and this one is the, the weirdest, most psychedelic uh, song out of them all. It's a band called The Sundowners that I believe were also a real band. Uh, it turns out one of the guys in the band was a friend of Sister Betrill's before she becomes a nun. Sister Betrill had a musical interest of trying to raise money somehow, so she writes a song. They decide to perform it, but of course it's performed in this very tripped-out psychedelic way that nobody right. appreciates. And right. um, Sonny and the Sundowners were a real right. band. And it's a very trippy, uh, trippy rock song. What's funny about it is that the guy singing it sounds like the lead singer of Steeler's Wheel. He's doing like a really bad Jerry Rafferty. D- Dylan imitation, right? Wow. Jerry Rafferty. Wow. Gilbert, was The Flying Nun a show you watched? No. No, huh? No. Yeah. Never watched I, the I would Flying think that Nun. would be one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah. How could I have gotten that so wrong? <laughs> he was big into Alejandro Ray. <laughs> yes. She's a matril. She's a matril. children. She's a matril. Okay. What a... <laughs> But you never heard an Alejandro Ray. What about this before. other Beverly Hillbillies episode? So the other Beverly Hillbillies is featuring a band called The Enemies. You talk about a proto-punk garage I band. I've never heard of these bands. And uh, in this case, uh, hoping that uh, a party will help uh, Jethro and Ellie Mae uh, meet people their own age, the Clampets <laughs> want to hold an old-fashioned hoedown. Oh. So they they uh, enlist the help of Mrs. Hath- or Miss Hathaway to go out and find uh, a band. They somehow they wind up in this club and they hire this band that that probably sounded more at home playing on the docks of Hamburg than they did in <laughs> Southern I, California. I almost feel guilty forcing you to watch all, sit through every one but of it, these episodes. It, it was it was oddly fascinating yeah. because uh, they do a couple of songs. They do a version of Pretty Woman, which is okay, really, and then they do a version of I Got My Mojo Working, you know, the old blues standard, which is actually. You know, it's got some. I, I laugh thinking about how the writers would, you know, submit scripts for that season. Yeah, and everybody had their rock and roll episode. You know, everybody yeah. had to submit an episode with oh, the the band's hiding out. In the case of the Munsters, right. they rent they rent the house out yeah, to, the, to, the, out. to the fucking standouts. Hey, let's hear from the Jolly Green Giant. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that one. 
But it's like it was almost mandatory, right? To yeah. have to have your rock episode. And these guys. What's interesting also is that they were mostly garage bands too. I mean, they didn't. They were like out doing like on B record labels. Yeah. Nobody you know? wanted to put out the money to get yeah, to yeah. get Voice so and Heart. I'm sure they were available for like you know twenty bucks or whatever. So these guys were a garage band from Buffalo, New York, and then they went on to do different things. I think one of them one of them wound up in the Three Dog Night. One You're of kidding. the members of the enemy. Oh, was it wow. was it Corey Wells? Uh, yes, Corey Wells. Bravo, Frank. You Would have been a great, a great podcast guest. We're going to try to get Chuck Negron yeah. for Three Dog Night. Never heard of these bands. I yeah. love that you did all this research. What about Ben Casey? So Ben Casey features wow. uh, the Standells, uh, which is a band that uh, turns out appeared on many episodes. They kind of get my award for having the most exposure there's an episode called Three Little Lambs, which actually also figures uh, features Marlo Thomas. There you oh. go, Gil. There's a, a kind of... And Carol O'Connor's in that episode. That's right. So he's trying to lasso in three neurosurgeons that he's responsible for, <laughs> and he needs to give them all a talking to about how they're living their lives. And of course, he does it in a bar listening to a garage of rock course. band. Of course. Did you watch Ben Casey, Gilbert? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and with... with uh, Sam Jaffe. Yeah. 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 Dr. Zorba. Dr. Zorba. Dr. Zorba. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so yeah, they're playing in the background, and and I always found you know the black and white shows kind of weird, you know, because this was, should have been in the color era, but this was still a black and white. What's show. What's fascinating is that you you wonder if the Standells representation were, were on top of this. Like, yeah. how many shows can we put you guys on? Because exactly. it was three shows in a year. That's right. They did Ben Casey. They did they did uh, they did the Bing Crosby show in January. Ben Casey in March. Right. And the Munsters in and March. And in March, the Munsters in March. Yeah, and, yeah. A, and the other thing I found out about them, you know how they kind of have this 50s clean cut look with yeah. the suits and the, and the pompadours, but it turns out they were much more of a hippie band kind of coming out on the scene and their management forced them to look a bit cleaner, almost what, what Brian Epstein did with the Beatles because they were trying to book them on all these shows and they didn't want to be too outlandish. It's amazing how many shows got mileage out of this idea. And the That's Sandells, funny. as we said, turned up on yeah. the Bing Crosby show. Which is a clip That's you right. sent me that I couldn't really watch because it was yeah, it, hard to watch. Yeah, this was the only, through. out of all of these episodes, out of all this research, the only one I couldn't really find any premise for. There's not a lot written on it. I think it was a very short-lived sitcom. Do you remember the Bing Crosby show? No. I mean, he had done like three or four but of these types of shows they, in the they 60s, were, I think. There were a few weird shows. Like, I remember they had the Henry Fonda show. The Smith Family. Yeah, and yeah. the Jimmy Stewart show. Yep. Ron Howard was on that Henry Fonda show. Yeah, he was son. Yeah. That that was Jimmy a Stewart weird show. time when they had these movie stars. Yeah, they get well, the and they were in the twilight of their careers. Yeah, and they yeah. gave them a TV show to front. I mean, Fred McMurray too. Yeah, right. Yeah, my three sons. Uh, and we save the best for last. My absolute favorite. Mine too. Oh yeah, far out monsters. Oh okay, okay. Eddie, Eddie comes up with a new musical taste, rock music. <laughs> After, okay. after putting a record in the phonograph, Herman and Grandpa get very angry about the noisy music. Later, a rock group manager sees in the paper that the Munsters' house is a perfect shelter for the Standells. So they rent the house. Of course. The Munsters go away. The Munsters come back, yep. and it turns into this whole beat generation, Allen Ginsberg, poetic party thing. It's great, thing. with Zalman King. With Zalman King doing yeah. some great spoken word poetry. Yeah. But I love Herman's poetry the best. I watched the whole episode because I had to see Grandpa Me hanging too. in the closet. Me too. I did it. I, <laughs> I this is the only one I watched from start to finish. 
We lead sad lives, Frank. We really do. Right, well, you know, you, we share an Al Lewis obsession. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to get you yeah. back here at some point to do some kind of All Munsters episode. I don't know what it is yet, oh. but we'll, we'll come up with some kind of premise. You need to get Billy West for that. Yeah, I will get Billy West. When he comments on the room Let's, tone. Frankie, let's see, let's see a little of this wonderful clip of the Standells on the Munsters. We'll all wing it. We'll all sing it. Kyle Lombardo's back in town. That's the, that's the poet known as the hermit. So hip. The hip yeah. jokes are so hip. My Lombardo sure joke. He <laughs> sure cuts away the tinsel. Isn't this a fun party? Yes. I haven't seen so many good looking people in one place since we closed down the mausoleum back home. Let's hear from the Jolly Green Giant. You got to hear this. Bibbidi bibbidi. I wrote it down. This is great. It's Harmon's poetry. Dear, yeah. I think he's going to recite. Bibbidi bibbidi, sibbidi sab. Bibbidi bibbidi, canal boat. Dictionary? Down the ferry. Mary, Mary, quite contrary. Um, Fuzzy Wuzzy was a bear. Fuzzy Wuzzy lost his hair. Scuba do and scuba die. That chicken's not too young to fry. Remember the scuba? That's great. Life is real, life is earnest. If you're cold, Turn up the furnace. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I thank you. <laughs> That's great. Fantastic. Can we but, go back and hear a little of the Standells? Are they before it, this or it, after? It's so weird that it's it's supposed to be Beatles. Right. But they're still it's thinking in terms of yeah, the yeah, beat generation. Exactly. So it's kind of straddling, you know. Go, be, yeah, go back a little bit, Frank. We'll see you, if we you can. You marked 1143, but that was what we just yeah, said. Yeah, I, 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 marked it, I marked it wrong. Do the see, Ringo, and they also do a Beatle track. I want to hold your hand. No, we don't want to hear Lily oh, singing no, with the harp. Go back to the Standells. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Nope, 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 nope. Right here. There we go. A little bit after this. Yeah. It's coming. Did you dig that crazy getup? Man, is that way out. You see the hairdo on the tall one? It's the greatest thing since Carl Sandberg. <laughs> references. Carl Sandberg. Guy Lombardo. <laughs> Here's the standouts. Yeah. He showed you how to ring go. I'm on and let yourself go. Everybody ring go. Any memories of this skill? I vague. Do I remember smoke coming out of grandpa's yeah, yeah. ears at some point? That's when they do, I want to hold your hand. I see. Yeah. Yeah, 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 John, this was a great premise. A lot of fun. Yeah. And fun to do the research? Yeah, yeah. It was great. 
I mean, it, it kind of rekindled my interest in garage rock. There's a whole... It's a deep mine to go down. Are there any you missed? I think probably there was a My Three Sons. Okay. Because I remember uh, still images of them holding guitars. And, okay. Uh, and like I said, Flintstones and I'm sure some other cartoons right. covered as well. I think uh, they, they were covered in every... Every form of the medium. Well, this man loves Al Lewis, Gilbert, and we have to come up with a monster's premise. Oh, for him absolutely. Back we'll come back and bring him back. Yeah. Here's one that's not a band that mm-hmm. I remembered, okay. but a 60s artist on Batman. Ah. Does this ring a bell? Jim Wendolph. I recognize this. Jim is here. Maybe he knows. This is from a Catwoman episode. Gilbert? Oh! It's Leslie Gore. Oh, wow. Jim knows. Jeez. It almost sounds like a Brian Wilson type of track. A little Beach Boys kind of thing. California Nights. Yeah. It's sunshine Pop. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Oh, I remember this song. Leslie Gore yeah, playing Pussycat <laughs> on Batman. So I had to, I had to find one and throw it at you. Not a band. Fantastic. Gil? Ah. Okay, I'm Gilbert Gottfried. I'm my co-host, Frank Santopadre, and this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions with our special guest, John Feivenvoivelwagen. <laughs> John, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Let's do more. Absolutely. Okay, this was a lot Monster, of fun. Monster, go home. <laughs>